Did, uh, Delete Jay posted this. This guy was, I guess, is a recruiter, so take it for what it's worth. But um, posted uh, a nice little uh, thing, an ad for us on LinkedIn. We're, we're, we've got some advertising now, John. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I wanted to bring it up, but I forgot where the link was. Was it in general? I think so. It just oh, you're a little right. bit earlier today. It was. You're right. Yeah, he, he, he wrote. He even wrote up a nice summary of the, of the episode. That counts as a, as a uh, as a review. It does. I mean, I. You know, Anyway, what's the guy's name? Let's let's. I think I I want to give this guy a shout out. Christopher uh, Hopper. Christopher Hopper. Thanks, Christopher. He is a recruiter. So, um, yeah, if you're uh, <laughs> he's a Salesforce tech recruiter. So if you're looking to hire someone or get a job, call him. He's on uh, LinkedIn. Christopher Hopper. Look at that. Free advertising on the Good Dazer podcast. <laughs> scratch my back, way scratch are, yours. We are right? whores just like anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's just uh, it was a nice little summary thing. Anyway, it's almost it's like a review, right? Yeah. Anyway, I'm not sure that anyone actually follows uh, recruiters' news posts because they're you know typically doing real recruity stuff, which mm-hmm. tends to not be stuff that I don't know. It's uh, it's always content with a motive. <laughs> well, uh, we, there was there were some Slack. replies to that too as well, and so oh he's yeah. in the, he's in the Slack too. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I, Thought I'd seen him. We're uh, speaking of Slack. We're we're almost at so we're we're inching up here on six hundred. It's quite the uh, quite the crowd. There's a lot of lurkers, so it'll it'll kind of go up and down as people go inactive. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's nice. I'm I'm always adding people. I'm always happy to add people. It's I got I got to come up with a new system of notification because I'm so focused on my work email right now. I don't always jump over to my good day sir email. <laughs> And so I, there's a, there's a longer delay than there used to be, but um, if it's evening time, I'm usually right on it and getting it in there. So I'm trying to get better about that, making sure everyone gets in. Yeah, still a manual process, unfortunately. Right. Oh, that's fine. You like manual processes? That's been proven time and time again. Processes. Even though you're a programmer, or so you claim. So I cl- I, I get too ambitious. I was I was trying to get us over to Fireside, and then I was like, I'm just gonna freaking write our own, and I'll just host my own site and. I just I just got crazy with it, but anyways. If we manage to get to it, I have a. Uh, what the hell is this? I'm drinking whiskey flavored water because I put so much ice in here, <laughs> so it's like nothing. Ah, uh, you just lose you just lose audio. Hang on, is it this? Uh, yeah. So just the monitor. Yeah, it's just headphones. Okay. The headphone amp went out. You have to like jiggle the switch on it. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably get a new one. That's the, it's you still got that one permanent um, jack that's ruined because yeah, <laughs> I'll put that on the list. Yeah. But we need to replace our, our is that the mixer? What is that called? The uh, the big the thing on the bottom. Yeah, what's well, like the audio interface slash? It is a mixer too. Yeah, yeah. it's the. What need to replace it? Yeah, why is that? Because it's firewire. Oh, got to double yeah. dongle it. Is there still no way to get FireWire? Nope, I've been searching your... like crazy. Even the old docks that used to have FireWire just aren't, they're not available yeah. anymore. Or if they are, they're still 300 bucks. Right. Well, John, since we already mentioned this, like we, we were remiss. We, I, I should have said that if you are not in the Slack, dear listener, um, you, should, uh, you should come join us. Join the conversation. We have a lot of lurkers. So you don't have to say anything if you, if you don't want. You can just watch everyone else sit in the corner and listen. No one's going to say anything. <clears throat> but it, at, it's at uh, gooddaysirpodcast.com, and then just click community and put in your email address, and John will add you. It's, uh, we, we're very, it's, a, it's a helpful um, community, I would say. 
It's a community of friends. We do a lot of, um, you know, get stuck on things or trying to figure out the best way to do something. A lot of, and then there's also just a lot of silly fun stuff. And I would say, uh, I know I've claimed this. I'm not, I'm not sure we've been certified yet, but I do believe it is a safe space. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a respectful space. How about that? I, I feel like it is. Um, I, and I, I personally would not put up with any jerky stuff. So if I saw some jerky stuff and, and I know that's based, that's my standard. So maybe they're not as high as some, but I, I would not, uh, yeah. We, I, we Your would, definition of jerk or our definition of jerk? Exactly. <laughs> But no, we we try to uh, we try to have a nice um, friendly community. I'll leave it at that. All right. Well, you want to do some community stuff first? Um, Get it. Sure. Although you know, I after last week, I'm I'm wondering now what qualifies as in according to your term community stuff. Well, stuff that either someone responds to and it might be follow up or something that someone sends us directly f- through email at info at gooddayserpodcast dot com. So it's it's basically. So community submitted stuff. Okay, I just something like, someone shared in the Slack that I, I want to talk about. I can't remember what it was, but something last week we we did, and I was like, "That's how's that a community thing?" But anyway, I was just wondering. Okay, yeah, I just well, I'm going to turn this one uh, under the category of follow up. So this one was Todd Halfpenny in our Slack channel. Uh, he said he just listened to the last episode and he thought it was worth mentioning that in relation. Sorry, no, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> that in relation to PHP being in the top desirable language listing, so we talked about that survey. That is it really in the desirable? No it was, way. It was on. It was up. I think we we talked about a little bit how it was up, and it was so. it was in like that top ten. Yeah. Surprisingly, as we were trying to guess what languages there okay. were, um, and he mentioned that WordPress is is based on PHP, and it's yeah. one of the more popular. I mean, it's running most websites, most most partner consulting yeah. sites. You yeah. can find oh, yeah. WordPress tags and. But yeah, I mean, there's there's been a few drivers on PHP. Certainly, WordPress is a huge one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say Facebook because, f- crazily enough, um, Facebook is largely run on PHP. Now they've got, of course, like their own custom runtime and and probably tons of other stuff just for optimization and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think they've contributed a ton back to the PHP community um, mm-hmm. in in the code base and everything, uh, just to make it better and faster and <clears throat> I mean there's you know there's there's probably nothing you can't do with PHP um, the question is just what do you want to you know do you like sticking daggers in your own head if so you might like you might want to do your side in PHP <laughs> yeah the same could be said uh, for Apex right well, or Visual Force or like Lightning I mean I'm trying to. Everything, John, everything I'm, I'm has. Trying to, I'm trying to turn to a new this uh, might be Jeremy I don't know I'm trying to turn a, a new page you closed it oh uh, yeah yeah, I left it uh, correct. Oh, did you? I'm sorry. Yeah. So I wouldn't have to do this. No, but I'm. Oh, don't don't let your computer fall, please. That makes me nervous. Um, but I'm. How's it going? What's up, JC? Yeah, we are live. Actually, we're live to tape, as as they used to say. We do actually do have a live stream going on. If you would like to listen to about a 13 second delayed version of us while you sit here. Anyway, I was just saying that I, I'm, um, oh, you know, I'm, I know that's, Sorry. that counts for about two or three right there. Got- anyway, I, I'm trying to, um, I, I you know, I'll, I'll, I think I'll always talk about what improvements we want from things and everything, but, and I think I've, I, I don't know, I've, I've, I've tried to be fair about this in the past because I know there are people behind, um, every aspect of Salesforce that are trying to, that are, lots of them are very smart and everyone's just trying to do their job. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're 
prior priorities are dictated by people that you know that they may not even know right they're just doing their job um so i i'm i don't know that's try to be careful i don't want to be too critical you know we got we've got friends and people in our community that work on these things and um which, which i think i like i mean it it honestly like doing the show and and interacting with people both in person and and like in the slack and stuff i mean it just it reminds me that i need to be careful about how i approach you know challenges and and criticism and things that we want improved and so so you're a sellout i'm not a sellout i don't i don't feel like that's <laughs> are you, oh, that's that's nice you contributing this that's we've had this problem before of not having a corkscrew in here and i don't i can't believe i, I don't need to get a, a good day sir branded one don't i nice anyway no my, my whole point in saying that wasn't wasn't to criticize but it was to say that every language has its has its pros and cons yeah. and every platform has its pros and cons and sure you can either like you said, you can either focus on the negatives or you can try to be a little more positive about it. There was a third thing on PHP that I was thinking that drives it. Oh, Jeremy, what is the what's the big popular framework now, right now in PHP that like it's pretty nice? Laravel. Laravel, yeah, yeah. We were talking about like this. It, it, it is pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, it looks really well designed. I remember looking at um, digging down into like the Drupal API. Is it Drupal? Drupal. Mm-hmm. I hear people say Drupal sometimes. I'm like, that sounds too Drupal. much like the, the, the trans dresser uh, <laughs> drag queen or whatever. Drupal. Yeah, I know. That's what it reminds me of. Thank you. All right, Jeremy came with mm. gifts. Some Zinfandel. Second beverage. Is this uh, second beverage? Is this supposed to be like some special wine? Damn! He brought crackers and cheese and everything. Cheese. Got a cheese board over here. Salumi board. I'm gonna set this up here so it doesn't spill. Um, yeah, Laravel is looks, but I remember looking in the Drupal. Now I know that it's come a long way. This is this is before PHP had any like technically like any object orientation but um this is the way it was designed i was like hey that's like a pretty elegant way of this like system of overriding functions stuff i mean it was it's kind of crusty but for what they were dealing with at the time it was actually like that's actually a fairly elegant solution to like making an extremely um you already spill or what are you doing what are you what are you shaking your head for because i set my glass directly on my headphone cable and i started tugging on it i almost spilled everything and i'm bumping everything yeah jeez i know you're just like failing left and right anyway because i need to redesign this place so it's more conducive for my recording you can you can do that that's what this place is for we just got to come up here one weekend and we got to fix this freaking place. we got to fix our third mic problem we, well we yeah <laughs> so we have mics we even have another set of headphones we have a headphone amp with a four-way distribution but we don't have a freaking stand and unless we whip out one of our portable mics and he can hold it uh, yeah i mean uh, well it's too late now I want to. I want to get this. I want to get a show in the can and go out and do some drinking and some eating. <clears throat> no, this all stays in anyway. <laughs> Plus, it's live. So, but yeah, um, yeah, Laravel is. I mean, I just hear people saying this like a really, really nice like. Um, it's like an application framework, right? It's really nice to write uh, RESTful APIs. Yeah. Like super, super okay. Nice for REST APIs. I'll repeat that since sure you couldn't hear it anyway all right where were we john i feel like we need to pop this stack a couple and a couple of notches now we're ready to pop it well, what was the- <clears throat> so let's go to i mean it was just about wordpress being such a big part of the web and it's based on php and it lends to the fact that php is going to be continue to be popular as these larger companies are utilizing it so well i thought you said you were bringing the zen this is a cap there's a zen cap oh zen and cap this is nice yeah, I saw the zen part yeah. Also got. 
Oh, two dollars, <laughs> two buck Chuck, <laughs> two buck Chuck. Huh? I like yeah, that. I don't know. I think I think the jury's already made their decision on that one. All right. Next All topic. Right. Uh, let's talk about the Salesforce Tower tours. So this was sent to us by Stephen with no E. Uh, yeah. So Salesforce is offering tours of their uh, Salesforce Tower in San Francisco, and guess what? It's all sold out. Well, it says sold out. It's all booked out. Yeah, you got to book in advance. I just, yeah. I mean, who's going to this thing? I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind doing that. Are cool. there that many, that many fan fans and that want to go for an hour and tour the the Ohana floor, take pictures of the? I think a lot of people will just be the same, the same reason that people go to the top of Coit Tower. It's just it's a, it's a it's a kind of a landmark in San Francisco, and you you get a view up there. I mean, they're going to want to go up, even if they don't know who what Salesforce is. It'll be a thing that tourists do. Oh yeah, go to the go to the top of the Salesforce Tower, and you can go to the tip. And hang out in the tip, and you can look around San Francisco from up there. It's the tallest thing in San Francisco, so, you know, of course, it's the tallest. It's not the words you're using, it's the way you're using oh. them. <laughs> I've, been, I've been told that before. Just the tip, huh? But, yeah, I, I'd like to do it. And, I'm, yeah, I'm sure it's one of those things that gets booked. It'll be booked up way in advance. Plus, I'd just like to see the Ohana floor. What, you know, do but some, but do you have to sign an NDA for it, so are you willing to do that? <laughs> no, you're joking. No. Oh, my God. There's an NDA for it. You've You've... You are you're just you're trolling me. No, it's an official non-disclosure agreement. What, do you, what, what can you not disclose? Well, I guess they're saying that because you're going to be in the building and you're going to you're going to I guess you're going up elevators where with employees you might hear stuff or you might see the stuff. Salesforce has had floor by floor security for at least the past ten years. You cannot get into a floor unless you have the right security. Oh, I don't know. Well, I mean, you and you can. You can just take the elevator saying, any floor you want. That doesn't work that way. How many times I've been in an elevator in a building and, and just listen to guys talking and they're talking about what they're working on and what they're doing? That's their own dumb fault. I'm just saying it's going to happen. Yeah. All right? Anyway, I don't know. I doubt I would sign the NDA, but who knows? Anyways. All right. All right. Well, that's our community topics. Let's talk about... Um, do we have talked about Spring 19? I mean, that's been out for a while, the release notes. <laughs> we never got we to it. I mean, I was looking over them again the other day, and I'm just, eh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of cool stuff in there, but it, they're so big, and I I kind of just gravitate to the developer section. There is a, um, there's some new keywords in Sockwell, that, something about with security or something. And it, hmm. because I guess Sockwell always, I mean, you can pass it any query, including like any fields that exist, and regardless of the user, you know, you have to do like your own field level security, right? Like just everything is, is small batch, hand rolled artisanal field level security. Well, until Salesforce. it crosses over into the visual force world and then it applies. I'm not uh, talking about level security. Force. Yeah. Talking about Apex. But what I'm, I'm saying is that traditionally you have Apex, which tends to be a backend controller, unless you're talking some batch job, which in which case you're running in admin context anyways, or system but context. Is that, is that not probably the nicest feature of visual force that it actually does all that security stuff for you? Sometimes. Yeah. It's kind of nice. Anyway. Um, but no, this this is let's so forget Visual Force in in Apex. If you you can if you say with security, it will validate. It'll it'll go through every field that you list in your query. And if the user doesn't have access to that field, and here's this is a Ask John. There's a quiz here. What do you think it does if you try to query a field that the user doesn't have access to? Throws an I uh, can't throw an error. Throws an error. Let's yep. Say it throws an error. Yep. And I thought, well, it'd be nice if it just didn't return that field in the results, I guess. But then maybe you've got code against that field and you would expect it to be there and it's not there. So maybe it's maybe a dusting to do. I mean, if you're, if you're explicitly defining with security, then you'd want it to throw an exception to say you've asked for something that this user does not have access to. Yeah. So kind of cool, I guess. Although I still feel like 
I mean, that's almost like a, like a backstop. Like if you if you're rolling all your own field level security, and and then you want the system to do whatever it can enforce. If you screw something up, then let then you would use that because it's going to throw an exception if you forget to filter out a field or something. Well, the flip side of it is is we used to rely on Visual Force to handle a lot of that. So we would query stuff and toss a bunch of stuff on the screen, and Salesforce would handle whether or not they had access to that field, and it would show. You know, read only or edit or nothing. To my visual force? Yeah. Yeah, it still does that. But now we're contending with uh, lightning, and so we have a, a layer there. And so we're basically able to return all the data, yeah. even stuff that the user doesn't have access to, and render it because there's no connection between security model and lightning rendering. Yeah. But anyway, I, I just noticed that spring is spring 19 is, is like rolling out now or within the next It's going to roll out this weekend. This weekend. Yeah. For everyone or? Uh, yeah. Well, I think it's usually I think it's two everyone. weekends, right? Usually. It might be two weekends, but I, I think pretty much everyone. So prepare yourselves, folks. Yeah. Hope you've done your testing. Do you? Do you I mean, <laughs> I have some bugs. Yeah, you got some bugs. <laughs> I got some bugs. <laughs> I got some bugs. <laughs> um. All right. So you know, we talked about um this. I was I re I was redoing an integration based on now that we have cubables. I'm like, hey, I can actually improve this quite a bit. Um, which oh, yeah. was which was. <clears throat> Actually, somewhat of a fun task. Some chaining cubicles between the between the fact that I've got an eliminated cloud, which makes things tolerable, and um, it's in an org where, for whatever reason, it's it runs fast. You know, saves and compiles and deployments all are they're all pretty fast. So it's actually. It's, you know, read kind of redoing that integration was was actually was like oh, this is kind of a fun task because I'd already done it, and so. You know how, like, the first time you do something, you're learning so much about the problem you're solving, and so like your brain's working hard to try to figure all this stuff out. And then, but if you're rebuilding something, it's like you've you've kind of already forged those pathways in your brain, and it's it's so much easier. Like, I mean, I normally can't listen to music when I code because it's too mentally distracting. Mm. But like this was like you know, put some music on, and I'm just like, you know, refactoring or whatever. You know, redoing this is <laughs> kind of fun. But anyway, um, I am considering. So I have a client that's got a um, an app. And there's a significant component of it that runs off-platform because it does a bunch of number crunching and batch processing and stuff. And it's been that way for, I think, over five years. They've had this. And I would like to look at the possibility of bringing that back on platform, that functionality. Mm. Um, I don't even have the documentation or even know what the rationale was for it being off-platform other than like you just you can't do this with Salesforce. Um, which I should have a, uh, I should have a clip for. I suck so bad. I suck so bad. <laughs> Let's see. I don't even know what I call that. What would I call that? Larry? No. What would that be called, John? It was Larry that said it. Can't? You can't? Just, I can't. Here we go. Here we go. You can't do this with Salesforce. Oh, I'm so quick on the draw. I'm the top podcaster, John. I think that one's on the the uh, the Brett programmed uh, soundboard. It so should. I should use this. It'd be faster. I know. Um, can you know the URL to that? By the way, you get uh, you give it a a shout out, but you don't know it. I don't, but Brett's yeah, online he'll and he'll tell us in a minute. Anyway, so with the idea of bringing something like that back on platform, I wanted to talk about other than cubicles, like what innovations and limit increases and stuff have there been around, like long. Whoops, yeah, there's one for me. Long processes, batch processing. Cubables, all that kind of stuff. Quite um, a bit. Yeah. So, uh, and I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but like, what other than cubables, like, what 
What has changed that might make something that's possible now that was not possible before? Well, they, ex- they extended the, the limit on callouts, so the time it waits for a response, which was big. Um, oh, yeah. Because it, it used to be like, what, 20 seconds or something like no, that? No, it was always at least 60 seconds. No, it wasn't 60. Yeah, it was. I don't think so. It was, it was, no, when it first came out, it was no, really some, short. Someone, someone in the Slack tells us. I it guarantee was really it was short. never less than 60 seconds. I'm telling seconds you, it was really out. short, and I remember having to say, we need it longer. And, then it, and then it went right? up to 60, yeah. and now it's up to 120, I think, or yeah. something like that. 120 for a call out. Yeah. Which is much better. Which, uh, because there, we're interacting with services that we don't control. I mean, it's fine if you can control a service and you can say, yes, the response time is this, meaning I'm going to take your request, queue it up, and then process it. But we're working with a lot of legacy systems that, that basically would do everything within that transaction. So it would take a while to, to respond. Yeah. And, and so it's 120 for any individual call out but there's, but there's a, a bigger cumulative, limit. there's yeah. a cumulative limit of how long you can have a transaction open or know. running it's not even a, you can't have a transaction open let's be okay. i want to be clear about this you cannot have a transaction open so if you've already done some dml and then you do a call out it's your transaction is effectively closed already and so the other option <laughs> is, is you haven't done any dml yet and you do a call out which means you don't even have a transaction a, a, an actual database transaction has not even started yet because Salesforce is not going to hold up, hold up in a transaction for 120 seconds. Because you get that thing where people are like, uh, everyone get out of Salesforce. We're locked up here. Do you, ever, you remember any of these companies we worked at where like they'd be using, what was that, Mass90 or, or whatever these, or ACPAC or whatever these stupid warehouse management programs? And like someone would, like two people would, two people would get deadlocked trying to open up some inventory record and everyone would have to get out of the system. Beatrice. Yeah, Beatrice. See, just, we <laughs> talked about Beatrice last week. Oh yeah, you went through some of that Beatrice hell with me, didn't you? Yeah, we talked about that last McCullough week. McCullough was the CRM. McCullough, that's right, McCullough. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. McCullough. Oh, yeah, McCullough. I mean, I, God, that gives me such PTSD to think about some of that crap we had to deal with. Do you remember trying to get that like, ODBC <laughs> driver to work for that beat? Oh my God, that was just, oh, what a mess. Anyway. Um, yeah, so you can... You can have transactions open, but you can, you can do you know one call after another. Each each individual call can can only be one hundred twenty seconds, but they can you can do multiple, and they can add up to like I think it's ten seconds. No, yeah. I'm sorry, I think it's like ten minutes or I don't know a thousand seconds. Yeah, no, that's Something fine. Like that. But but in general, you can't. I, I, don't, I don't know what the right word is. It's not transaction, whatever it is. But if you have code running and the system is pending and waiting for that code to respond, yeah, or for so, something to respond. There's a limit. I think it's like 25 that can be in that queue waiting for a response right. before it stops letting other transactions happen or other things queue up. And this brings up a question. I, 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 I want to solve this terminology once and for all. And maybe this is maybe we can um, invoke Chris Peterson here. Maybe he'll respond if he's listening at some point. But what I want a word for, and I know that the tra- you know we only have limited actual database transaction control. I mean, you can roll back, mm-hmm. right? And you can set save points, but you can't like force a a commit and then start a new transaction. We don't have that level of control. Right. Right. But what's the word for not the, so I know what I know, you know, we have the database trend. We know there's a database transaction happening in there somewhere, but outside of that. So like, for example, when I, as soon as, um, uh, um, like a, uh, like you make it uh, as soon as like someone hits save in Salesforce or, or a um, someone does something on a Visual Force page, and something comes into an Apex controller, right? Mm-hmm. From the time that starts until it ends, inside that is a database transaction. But what do you call that thing that contained all that? It's now Salesforce generically calls that a transaction, but I want a better word for it because 
it contains a database transaction, but it, it in and of itself is more, it's it's a bigger scope than the database transaction. I, I just want to turn for that. that all because we keep the... going around and round about this. And yeah. and when you know when I want to get specific and talk about and know and actually have a shared understanding of what we're talking about, like I need to know, are you talking about the database transaction? Or are you talking about this scope of something that can happen based on based on an event that happens in, in on the platform? Does that make any sense? You you hear, you hear what I'm saying? Like, do you understand? Does my question make any sense? It, it does, okay. but I mean, I think that falls into the territory of a session. I mean, typically with with uh, websites, that's, that's an overload. You can't say that because I know, that already means I know, something but, too. Uh, within traditional, when when websites aren't applications, it's even though they are, it's it's still a it's a post request yeah, or you response. Still, you still don't consider web apps applications. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> the, underlying, of, the underlying mechanism yes. of communication back to the server is is an authenticated session, and within that session, you have certain things that are happening. Yeah. And with it, whatever memory allocation or, or whatever session variables are happening, it's at that session level. Yeah. So it's still live, and it's open for as long as that session is is deemed to expire. So to me, that's a session, but you're right. I, I think there's something more granular, but I don't know what that word is. Oh, do you? Yeah. It's, it's like an, yeah, it's, it's an action. It's an, it's an execution, which also sounds something that could be very violent and morbid. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. So back to my question though. So other than cubables and so we've got some, we've, okay. We have cubables. We have, and now this, I don't think there's any call outs going on here. So I don't think that would help me, but we do have, you know, better call out limits. There, uh, John's not listening to me. Oh, it's because I'm looking up an answer, and I, there's a term in here called uh, namespace limits. So within a na certain namespace, there's yeah, a certain, yeah, certain number the, of transactions. The limit on the number of can... namespaces you can have is zero. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is this is the cumulative limit of open transactions per namespace is what it's trying to limit. Hmm. So anyway, um, and I know we have you know just general like increased like. Um, SQL limits, so like the number of number of SQL, or no, sorry, like the number of no number, number of DML statements, number of records, number of DMLs can you can make, number, number of records right. can be affected. So all that's gone up. What else, I mean, what about anything around batching? Because that was that's the big thing too. Like we're crunching a lot of stuff across, like basically the entire you know or, this entire orgs database. Not really, because you're still limited to the 200 batch size. So you can say, I mean, you can say I want 10 up or one to 200 for the for. Particular batch size. Yeah. That's still the limit. Um, I guess the time that that takes to process. Well, it's different now because it used to be trend. It used to be based on line execution. Now it's based on CPU time. So yeah. you get a little bonus there. Yep. So that's that's an increased limit, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I mean, Cubos gave the ability it. to chain in a more conducive way <laughs> um, versus the batch. Reschedule another job to change something, which was horrible. Yeah, and on unlike futures, you couldn't start a new future from a future, right? Yeah, you can't do that from a from a future, and you can't do that from a batch job, but you can trigger a cubable from a cubable. Yeah, do you, I bet you can start a. You can you can fire a cubable from almost anywhere. I, I still right? restrict it. So in my code, in my code, <laughs> in the code I write, <laughs> I do have a limiter that. You know, whenever I implement my limiters on triggers to make sure it only executes once, I do add in cubables. Oh, it's so mix. dangerous to do that, though. It is, but it's also dangerous not to do it. I, I'd, I'd, ra no, I'd rather it not do well, it and oh. fail so that my data doesn't get corrupted. And I know you have to really get down to specific use cases to, yeah. to know which decision is the best one. But in general, like people, because I think people do, they'll they'll use one of these trigger frameworks kind of blindly, you know, especially, mm -hmm. you know, maybe less experienced people. 
And they'll be like, oh, yeah, like just limit it to one. Or if it's more than three times, just uh, don't run the trick. Don't run the trick. I'm like, oh, I think I don't think you know what the, the consequence of that can be. Yeah. And I've run into those consequences where I've I've gotten a little too aggressive about restricting that. And it would fail because even though it ran, it wasn't it, it identified the validation for whether or not it could actually work on that record happened in the in that later execution. Yeah. And so it marked it as processed, even though it wasn't ready. It couldn't process it. And so when the when it tried to run again in a state where it could process it, it never executed. Yeah. Um, so I've learned I've learned where to use it and where not to. I mean, I'm still going to make a few mistakes here and there, but yeah, it's it's a it's a slippery slope. I mean, for it's, sure. it's essentially analogous to like um like a recursive code. Like recursive code has to have an exit condition where it says, okay, we've worked through our our entire queue or we've hit, we've hit the end of this algorithm or whatever and and that's the exit condition where it stops recursively calling itself right and the stack starts unwinding um but you can't just arbitrarily like oh we've you know we've recursed on ourselves a hundred times now let's just let's just stop no you're not done like your your algorithm or your data set or whatever you're working on is is now in a in, in an invalid status and you have a bug here for sure yeah there's not too much there's not too many times where I write a recursive method where I don't pass in a counter for that reason. It's, I, I don't think I've ever written a recursive method where I didn't pass in a counter because that's just dangerous in my opinion. You also have to be really careful. I think it's just the same, really the same for the same reason, but like um, these, whether you have a framework or you just implementing yourself, like disabling triggers. Because I've learned not to do that. It, it's really dangerous. Yeah. I mean, and people should think really hard before you disable a trigger in production. And that's, which is really why you, you can't actually disable a trigger in production. Salesforce doesn't let you. Right. It's a um, deactivate. And the reason is because you built and can know Salesforce has always made you have at least 75% code coverage, right? So presumably you've got tests covering all your code and it's passed its tests with all triggers enabled. If you just disable some trigger, you probably gonna have tests that fail. What what does failing tests mean? Well, I don't know. Do you have triggers that that um, that handle like financial transactions or anything that's important? Is your data important to you? If so, if you just randomly start taking out triggers, Chuck Norris style, then well, I've, I've then, never then you know you're, you're gonna have unexpected results, and you're gonna probably end up with invalid data. So you got to be really careful on that. And, and that much is true. But it wasn't the unit testing aspect of it that prevented me from doing it. It was the it was the dependencies that existed on it. So I, I might have I might have a a trigger that on an account it defaults a bunch of stuff. And I have another another piece of code maybe on an opportunity, but it relies on the information that was generated by that trigger on the account later down the road. And when that gets disabled, now my opportunity doesn't have the information that it needs. So I've learned not so much from my testing perspective, but from a just a dependency perspective that I can never anticipate what is going to need that data and when. And when I create that contract for lack of a better word that that says when an account gets created it's going to have this data data within it if i disable the trigger that's providing that data i've broken the contract yeah right and it can i mean if you don't really think through it it's you know you don't you're, you're gonna it's it's not gonna go well for you i'll just leave it at that <clears throat> all right so i guess that's it i mean i guess there's not really other than cubable i mean that's kind of the main thing that's New. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, it's gonna be interesting though, because it's gonna be a a pretty involved task to do the analysis to figure out whether this can be brought back onto the platform. But if it can, it'll save a 
it'll save this client a ton of money because um, there's actually a lot of AWS stuff involved in this um, and a lot of engineering effort that can all just essentially be eliminated. So you're, you're, you're enlisting the uh, spend money to save money yeah. tactic. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it would be, just be a huge win if they could. But I had a that. coupon and it was, 10, it was $10 less. Yeah. Well, I am a <laughs> consultant. That's what I do. All right. Um, what else? What else do you have, John, for tonight? Well, I had, I had a interest. Well, th- I don't know how interesting this is, but um, I kind of got bit by a, a known thing in Salesforce when it comes to Lightning, and that is that um, the way it treats action buttons, the way it treats certain things in Lightning, I'm not really a fan of because it doesn't treat it like it would a native what is feature. It? it treats Lightning buttons. What are you talking about? So Salesforce as a platform, the way it treats customizations in Lightning is far worse than it used to be. In Classic, it, it, it would at least, you can, if, if you did your work right, you could at least make it look native. You can at least make it look like it was part of the system. It wasn't a custom feature. If you overwrote a button, it would redirect to another page just like everything else. In Lightning, when you override a button, it redirects to another page versus doing a pop-up. If you create an action button... Um, instead of getting a pop-up and your buttons are able to be added to the bottom footer section, it's not. It's, there's a default section and your buttons show up as content of the, of the modal dialogue. Um, so there's a lot of just things in Salesforce where if you write, write something custom and you put it on the page using their tools, it doesn't treat it like native. It, it very much feels like something that you customized, uh, which has always been frustrating. Uh, and th- in this particular case, um, on cases and work orders, so work orders being a field service lightning object, it treats buttons differently. So if you create a button and you put it on the page and it's got an interface to it like a uh, flow, it doesn't create a button at the top. It injects it into the, um, to the chatter feed as a tab. Um, so it just makes the assumption that because you have a button that's to a flow that has a screen, it's going to show up on this tabbed interface in chatter. Maybe you want it to be a button, but you can't mm. unless you turn off chatter completely or you turn and off the feed tracking. What kind of buttons are these? These are just action, just custom actions. So you're like lightning actions, right? Or? So you create an action or a quick well, action. Talk about talk about terminology evolution over time. And like, oh, I know. I mean, I still there's two things that still I can't ever figure out, like what all the different actions are and like where where to actually go to create like the button I want, and mm-hmm. then like. Where to put it on and, the page and which, layout. And, no, and also, the other thing is, like, which layout I, I need to edit. Because there's, like... Oh, it gets worse than that. Like, there's things, like, there's, like, search layouts, which are used... They used to be used for search, but now they're used for other things. And it's, like... But they're still called the old, same old things. And some of these things, they created new names for, and they got the new name and the old name, depending on what you're reading. And it's, like, I can never figure out which layout, actual layout I need to edit. And I can never figure out do I, what kind of button action or whatever I need. Well, it gets worse than that because on the page layout, you have three different areas to put buttons, and some buttons go in certain areas, and some buttons can't yep. go in certain areas. Some buttons might never show up if you did it. And so you, you end up know. just throwing these buttons on all three yep. places, as, as many places as you can. Spray and pray. With and then buttons. you just try to figure out where it showed up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And but I'm, that was I'm still annoying. trying to figure out, like, this, this seems like I, I, I still feel like I'm missing something here. Okay. I want a, I want a button in Lightning, so I'm assuming that's an action. Because I just want a button on a page, on a record page, mm-hmm. that when you click it, it just invokes some Apex. Yep. That's all I want. Nope. This should be like... Not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've got to create. you got to create an interface. Oh my gosh. i got an interface? 
Well, it's going to have an interface, so you got to put something on the screen. So, I mean, the route I went, went down was creating a, a, a lightning component. Yep. Which is going to show up in the toolbar. Because the button has, can, you know, what can, what can an action do? I mean, it, it basically has to, I mean, it, it can start a visual force page. Uh-huh. It can start up a, a component, a lightning component, right? But it can't just be like, oh, you want to call this Apex method? Sure, call this Apex method. Or like, put an Apex expression in here and we'll execute that expression when they, that's what I want. I want to execute this Apex expression when they click this button. Nope, I got to create um, a, a lightning component with a, with, that has markup and implements certain interfaces and has a controller and a helper. And where does it show up? It shows up in a little tool, toolbar window. Which is I, a pain in the I ass. haven't gotten that far yet. Actually, so well, it's going to show up in a little toolbar window that's going to show up in the bottom, which is, which is much smaller than, say, a modal dialog, which is what you would expect it to show up if you had an interface. But it doesn't. It shows up in that, which is and, frustrating. And, and, and Lightning, I, I've also come to realize over time, it's quite modal heavy. I mean, it, it's, I'm surprised they, went, they made the decision of anytime you're going to Edit, you know, we're going to take user input, you know, you create a new record, you're editing a record. That's all in a pop-up dialogue. Well, I think that was to kind of reduce the amount of navigation to and from and reduce the wait time between screens. But it's also a reason why they don't have a, I think anyway, I mean, a, a like a mobile responsive interface. They have to have a whole separate, you know, oh, don't, don't try to use this in a mobile app or in, in a mobile interface. You, you use our mobile app. And if I, and I don't know, I mean, what happens if you go to, if you log into Salesforce through the browser on your phone, do you get a... I've never tried it, actually. Does Lightning work well? I'm sure it does, but I haven't You think so? It. Does it even work? Does it work on mobile? I have actually no idea. Most of the native stuff seem to be mobile responsive, So what I do you think that what do you, When I go... When I'm on a... On an, let's say I'm looking at an account. I've logged in on my mobile phone through the browser, and I'm looking at an account, and I click edit. Do you think I'm going to get a, a, a pop-up dialogue in, on top of the account detail screen? No, it'll probably open a new, a new screen. So it'll work completely differently. Yeah. So the same UI, though, is what you're saying. Because I've logged in well, if you, to if, the web so, site. So Salesforce and the API and the Lightning API does not call a modal a modal, and it does not call it a dialogue. It calls it an overlay. And so when you create those, you're executing this overlay. So I'm assuming the terminology allows it to be flexible between desktop overlay versus a mobile overlay, which ends up being another slide-out screen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. But yeah, that's the fu- that's I, the I, I, I that's just one of the frustrations where okay. you have one object or two objects, just two objects that treat things differently. No other place does it do this. If you if you create a button for a flow on a say an account, it will open up a new dialog, even if you have chatter enabled. But for some reason, for these these objects, they decided. When we that, say new button. I want to I want to use the right terminology because I don't know what that means. You mean a, a lightning action? <laughs> a, an action, a quick action. If you want to be it's, it's, okay, this is what it's a quick action what, in what, the interface. Can, it's called can, a quick. Tell action. me, there's between a quick action and a lightning I action. I, I think are those the same. Thing those are the same different? thing. The, the distinction is global action and quick action. I believe. Yeah. Okay. And, and I understand that distinction, like the global action versus like a record action or mm. a, or a. Um, an action that can be put on a like a, a home t- like a, a custom object tab or whatever right. Right? those those types of things. Yeah, oh, boy, this terminology it's Salesforce is very loosey goosey. I just, I just don't see the reason why they can't treat some of these things as if they're native. It, you know, if, if or at least give us the option to say I'm creating a, an action and I want it to display as a modal or as a dialogue. I'm sorry, or I want or as an overlay. We'll use that terminology. Terminology. 
or I want it to display in the toolbar window, or I want it to display in an entirely new page. I don't see why they can't give us that distinction. You're, you're making it sound like, because this is, this is what, I guess, one of my, one of my problems with the, the whole visual force paradigm. <laughs> it's not, this is not going to go well. It's not going to compare well. <laughs> you got like a nice Zen cab blend versus a two buck chuck. You think everyone knows what two buck chuck is? They increased it to two ninety nine. I know. It's a different price in every state. Really? Sometimes it's two. About half the time, it's like in New York, it's like six bucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll tell you, I didn't eat lunch, so this is hitting me pretty hard, so I'm not going to care what that one tastes like. Yeah. You, you, won't, be able to, you won't be able to taste by that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah. yeah. Never, waste a, never waste quality beverage on a drunk person. They, yeah. can't, they can't taste it. Um, yeah. Oh, I don't know what I was saying. Like in, in the Visual Force days, um, Visual Force was always treated like it was always very obvious that you were going away from Salesforce. Like you couldn't, you couldn't. Um, I mean, I guess there were some ways. Like in a, in a, in a no, you, you could, could. You create a section, like mm-hmm. in a normal page that you could create a section and fill it with well, a visual. Okay, page, so but. in that perspective, yes, because it would basically iframe your page into that section, and yeah. it you had to find the the pixel height. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely looked like it was something else. But if you had a if you had another tab that was a Visual Force page tab and you did it right, it would look completely native. Yeah, if you did the work, I guess I'm saying this, I, I, the options on how you integrated Visual Force into the broader Salesforce application was, to me, quite limited. It was. You're you're right. You're right. But but with Lightning, I mean, you you think it would you'd have more options. You think that the ability to to show something as an overlay or show something in the toolbar. It seems shows, like to me there are more options. You you would not say that there's more options now than there were with Visual Force. No, because we're we're in such a uh, we have one one foot on either side of the table or the line, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, we're in this such this transition period where it's still got to work for all the native classic stuff. So a lot of the the features, so like overriding something, it basically has to be universal. It has to be something that's going to work on both. And that's a Why is redirect. that? Because buttons don't work on both. The buttons only work in classic and actions only work in, cell, in lightning. I mean, uh, I'm assuming it's just an, an underlying routing technology issue that, that maybe they haven't gotten to resolving or... or did not put a prior, high enough priority on. They were just like, we're going to punt and say it's just going to always go to a new page when you override. Yeah. Um, which sucks, because I'd rather have the dialogue. I'd rather have, you know, I'd rather it look not look like it was doing something different. Because uh, essentially I'm redirecting the user to another page, and now I have to worry about redirecting them back yeah, where they came back. from. Yeah. Yeah. Which sucks. Yep. Well, let's see. I, I've got something for you, John. Ooh. Four Roses is adding a fourth permanent bourbon to its lineup. Really? What yeah. is it? Like a high end? Well, it's called, you know, you can't make this up. <laughs> Four Roses Small Batch Select. <laughs> now that it's trying to nickel and dime me. Um, I don't know. Sure, I don't know if it'll be that expensive. Um, it, it says it is known. I don't, I wasn't quite sure what this meant. It is known that each will be a six and seven year old bourbon. So I don't know if it's a blend of six and seven year bourbons, but anyway, somewhere between six and seven year. And it's, this is uh, this is an ask, John. It will be a non chill filtered bourbon. John, what is chill filtering? I have no idea. I know in beer, and I think in wine too. There's definitely something like called chill haze, and that's when when you have proteins of a certain length that are still in suspension. Um, when it gets cold, they actually um, kind of group together, or mm-hmm. they may even form a chemical bond, and enough that it creates 
trends, like you, it actually starts blocking light, so you get a, you get a haze. But if it seems it warms up to like fifty degrees or higher, it's completely transparent again. They they kind of let go of each other. Hmm. So and 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 one way to get rid of that is to do a, like a quick cold crash to like usually right, right below freezing, like maybe thirty degrees, um, which is not going to freeze a, something with some alcohol in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that causes most of those proteins to settle out. Oh, um, so maybe maybe that's what they're saying is this is not. Did did not go through that process. So maybe it's maybe it's it's the, it's hazy whiskey. Oh, there that's you go. what it is. Hazy bourbon. They're, they're jumping on the haze bandwagon. <laughs> the hazy IPAs. You got to wait. What are we gonna do? We got to have a hazy bourbon. They, here. they took all one, the kids want the haze. They took one step out of the process to make it cheaper on themselves, and they're selling it at a premium. I bet. I, oh, I'm sure. I mean, it's business, right? This is not going to be cheap. It's four. I, I enjoy. That's my favorite whiskey, so I enjoy it. Um, yeah. They used I, to have this this. I guess this one-time specialty blend that they only do like every once a decade, apparently. And I happened to have a bottle and I drank it like crazy, not realizing it was so rare. You probably drank it half drunk anyway, so you didn't even taste it. No, that back then I was I was making my ice, my clear spherical ice. Your artisanal ice. Uh, that was before I got into cracking my own ice, clear ice, and then um, yeah, because I was just make the spheres, but then I got into cracking ice and all that stuff. Okay, so, so you can get the right size and shape of shards um, that you want no it's just you get the you, you got to get the right melt that's the that's the key with a cocktail i was trying to offset the alcoholism with with being a connoisseur no <laughs> of well let me uh, let me read you the tasting notes for this one and you can decide whether you want to go out and buy a bottle it offers raspberries clove and nutmeg as it hits the palate it opens into flavors of apricot ripe berries vanilla and light oak the finish lingers with notes of spearmint and a touch of cinnamon Sounds gross. It kind of does. That's too many flavors. Yeah. Give me like three too flavors. Many, too many non-complimentary flavors. 15 flavors? No, it's not going to work. Yeah. I don't want like spearmint and herbs and also fruit and oak and vanilla. That's like, that's a disaster. Dr. Pepper of whiskey. I know. It's like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Dr. Pepper of whiskey. <laughs> hey, maybe it goes good with Dr. Pepper. Yeah, mix it. <laughs> I'm going to, that's going to be a potential title maybe candidate. it's only like 12 bucks. How much is it? Do they say? What they're going to sell it for? I, no, it didn't say. I don't even know when it's going to be out. Hey, did you see this um, this ad campaign? It was it's made the news that Microsoft's running because they're it's weird they're they're awkwardly criticizing a what a current major product. It's Office um, Office 2019. So Microsoft they, is running an ad knocking a Office campaign. I guess many because they're trying to get people to Office 365. Yes. Yeah. Offers, so offers, if I can say it. Right. Oh, hold on. No, don't, don't do that to that thing. You can have that. Okay. I, I can. Okay. I can kill this one. Good. <laughs> we need him here for every show, so he can just top us off every time. Um, but anyway, the, the campaign is they in each of these different ads, they take two identical twins, and they give them a ta- an office task to do. And see a productivity task. Yeah, so let me, let's see, uh, I'd see if this, I can display. Can you hear that? Mm-hmm. Let's see if that's it. Yeah. Anyway, you so ready to lose? Yeah. We'll find out. <laughs> so they're sitting these guys down, and one of them's got Office 365, the other one's got Office 2019, and they have to, like, All I don't right. know. Okay, so that's to fill in state capitals. Capitals. Yeah. So the guy with all 50 states. 365 all just right, types in capitals done. and it magically what? gives them all of them, right? He did all 50? 
there's, I've only done Alabama. <laughs> yeah, so Excel, I guess, data types pulls and stuff, which, by the way, Google's done this forever. Yeah, all done. But You're all done with what? <laughs> I'm literally on the first one, so. Anyway, you get the point. But the, the weird thing is, not only are they awkwardly Where do they get their music from? Criticized. I might want to use that for our next yeah, uh, I think they, know, I think they, montage. I think that you've used that one before, actually. Um, <laughs> but what's ridiculous is there's no reason. I, and I looked at, at two or three of these. The HHM has a different set of twins. But there's no reason that Office 2019 shouldn't be able to do this. Like, it's almost as if people that use Office 2019 don't have internet access, so we can't, you know, we, you know when you type in something in a cell, you can't hit a web service real quick to see, to put, you know, to do your machine learning and to figure out what they're trying to do and populate a list of stuff for them. Like, of course that's possible. I'm surprised Office or Excel doesn't already do that. Anyway, it's just weird. It's a weird ad campaign. And also, like, what do you, you think know? That, what does that do to the morale of that Office 2019 team? They're all that's working on 365. A, that's actually a somewhat serious question. They're working on 365. Well, no, but their product is Office 2019. People still have to work on that. That's good. They I'm went sure from being C team. programmers to being uh, JavaScript programmers. You're not going to answer my question. That's fine. They got laid off. Um, I wanted to ask you. There's some podcasting stuff in the news, and I wanted with to, the uh, uh, what was it? The Xbox. Um, what was their visual technology? Oculus. I don't know. No, I don't know. No one knows what you're talking about. People use for like their media storage. No, the 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 stuff that recognized their movements and stuff. Forgot what that was called. Uh, oh, um, connect. 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 Yep. Yeah, that was it. It yeah. was racist. That's why they get they had to get rid of it. Yeah. Um. Everything. Everything's racist. Okay, so there's some app, there's some podcast news, which is not all that exciting, but there's something in here I wanted to ask you about. So the news is that Spotify is apparently trying to, they've gone full force on podcasts. So Spotify, so the, the music streaming service, <laughs> been really successful. In fact, uh, I just read that they are actually now profitable for the first time. They have like, um, they're going to have like nine, or 100 million subscribers by the end of March. They're already at like 90 million. So but much like YouTube, they're profitable off the backs of their... I mean, we've talked about I, Spotify. I guess, I'm, I guess I'm profitable off the back. Oh, was it Stitcher? Was it Stitcher oh. we were talking about where they injected the ads? And, That's Stitcher. Yeah. yeah, okay. Maybe maybe not Spotify. I don't know what Spotify does. I don't think it's near that intrusive. Okay. In fact, we should make sure we're on Spotify because I've heard more and more podcasts talking about how, oh, yeah, it's easy. You just get on Spotify or whatever. We should be okay. on there. Because um, they have a lot of users, so you can't kind of can't not be there. But um, they bought Gimlet, which you, you're familiar with Gimlet? Yeah, you're not really a podcast guy. Um, so Gimlet is probably one of the biggest podcast networks, what they used to be called. But now it's, I don't even think, I don't, wouldn't even call Gimlet a, a network. I think it was, um, God, I can't remember even who started them now. But they're, you know, they've got, um, they, they did a huge investment in like um, all these studios. They have like 30 or 40 shows. And they're like, they're kind of like NPR style shows or whatever. So boring. Um, I don't know what has Gimlet had. So Gimlet Media, they've had. I don't know. They've. I've, I used to. Li I listened to like one season of one of their shows. I mean, they're you know reasonably produced or whatever. I don't know that they'll ever make money. I'm not sure their model works at all. But the, so they bought Gimlet. That was huge. I think. I think. Um, they don't know the numbers, but they're estimating it somewhere around like 300, 350 million for Gimlet, which is congratulations to Gimlet because I never would have thought they would have been successful. I mean, I'm sure they were not making money. There's no way. Um. But they bought Anchor as well. And that's what, that's, this is where the Ask John comes in. Tell me what you know about Anchor, John. 
And now you should know about this because this is right up your alley. And this is right, you know, this is very germane to your project you've got right now of getting us on some platform that doesn't require you doing a thousand manual steps every time we finish recording. Do you know about, you know about Anchor? <clears throat> I don't. Because it reminds me of I what's, say the, what's sounds... the one you're looking at? Fire? 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 Fireside. Fireside. Um, but if you know, if you go to Anchor, it's like the best way to make your podcast. Create and host unlimited episodes, distribute unlimited. Well, that's better than Squarespace, which limits us to 100, apparently, which is really gets in my craw. Uh, distribute your show everywhere and make money all in one place for free. So anyway, I just wondered if you'd, if you'd considered this as an option. I have not. I mean, it's not. It's not on my radar. No. Maybe it should be on your radar. I mean, the only ones I looked at were, uh, well, Libsyn, because that's who does our CDN hosting right now. Libsyn is garbage. They should stick to just hosting files. Yeah, that's really that's all I use them for. Um, uh, Blueberry, that, that's the other one that I was looking at. Um, and then I ended up on Squarespace Blueberry. and Libsyn combination. Yeah. Which seemed like the best option at the time because... That's a common thing, right? Because we were modularizing our our system. You know, we weren't... All, all of our files and everything else was not dependent on one system, but it, I mean, you're not really going to mix and match and change things that often. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think you should look at Anchor. I don't know. I don't know if it's, it may be too beginnery. I'm not sure, like too um, dumbed down. It kind of, it kind of looked that way. It depends because one of my sticking points with Fireside right now is that, um, and one of the things I like about uh, Squarespace is that I can create forms and have it submit to Google Docs or email me and all those kind of things, but there's none of that on Fireside. You basically you can create a static page with HTML, but that's about it. So I'd have to do some kind of um, form assembly or type. What 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 those different form generators? Woo woo forms, <laughs> something like that. I have yeah. to do something like that and redirect everyone to that for mm. the Slack sign up and things like oh, that. So yeah, you can make that happen. You're a programmer. Should be easy. Knock that out and. Half a half an hour. Um, okay, so real time follow up from Stephen Noe. Uh, <laughs> what did Spotify offer to buy Good Day Sir? Which is funny because apparently they have been going around offering to buy podcasts for significant money. Oh, if we'll you have a big one, we'll spread the word so that we can. No, uh, we get are. Bought. So I can. We are not on their radar. I can promise you. Well, first of all, we're not. I don't think we're in Spotify. Maybe we are. Someone should check and see. No. I, I, I got us in a couple of things. I need to. Hey, go grab a knife. Oh, they are. Oh, oh, that's cool. Damn. Okay. Hmm. No. This microphone's like close style. Yeah, yeah. They're they're dynamic mics, so yeah. As soon as you back off, it really. No, not really. No. No, they just hear you mumbling. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, they've been. I think they're buying up podcasts. It's just an interesting thing. I mean, apparently they are. All in on podcasts, like to the tune of a half half a billion or more is what they're planning on spending. Crazy. I guess I need to get in the ball and put on my producer hat and start putting putting us on more stuff. John, do you have any more Salesforce topics before we mm-hmm. lose half of our people? Mm-hmm. But now I got cheese in my mouth. I know. Well, I'll talk about okay. While you clear that up, five years of Nadella. Of what? Your your best friend Nadella. Satya Nadella, the guy whose name you can't oh, say. Yeah. It's been five years, you believe that? Remember when he went out to uh Dreamforce and made Buddy Buddy with Benioff and they were gonna they the Thundercloud. That's right. That um, little frenemy thing. Yeah, it was gonna run on um Yeah, it was gonna run on Microsoft, right? 
Well, it still can. They have MuleSoft now, so it still can. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so there's been some just look backs at, you know, what's happened. So I thought I'd share some of the highlights. So stock price is one thing. So when he took over, it was 40-something. And now it's over 100. And over five years, that's a, I mean, that's a pretty good return, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, tons of acquisitions, some big ones. LinkedIn, that was probably the biggest. And then GitHub, which was big, not as big as LinkedIn, but I think strategically bigger, in my opinion. I think that's going to end up being, I think we're going to look back and say that was really money well spent. I think so. What do you think of what, what, do you think of what they've done with GitHub so far? I'm happy they haven't done anything with it. Well, they've made it free. That's one thing they did to it. Yeah, you get more private repositories. They, they've, yeah. no, they've, done, they've, they've done things too. You just, you're not a big GitHub user though. I am. I just I don't have too many projects on there. It's, it's, it's my personal account, so I have my personal stuff on there. When did it become free for private stuff? Yep. Mm-hmm. You can have private, yeah, unlimited yeah. private repos now. Within like a few months or something? Yeah, I, um, I remember, it seemed like it was about a month ago when they oh, made that. Cool. Yeah. That was longer than that ago. You didn't even know what happened, so I don't know. Why would you say I knew that? what happened. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know when it was. I'm thinking, I'm guessing a month, but I could be wrong. And then let me pop open this thing. This is interesting. Top five prunings. What? Prunings, like stuff he cut. Oh, okay. All right? Number one, Windows Phone. That was a good one to cut. Yep, sure was. Number two, the Microsoft Band, which I thought, oh, he cut their band? But that's not a musical band. It's uh, It was their uh, smartwatch competitor. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three, Groove Music. You remember Groove? Yeah, I have a big notion of the memory of it. Really? Yeah. I guess that was their music service. What was that? Yeah. It's probably Napster. I don't know. <laughs> um, number four, the Surface Mini was cut. Mm. The Surface still pretty successful, right? Well, Overall? as a brand, they, they've they kind of bastardized the brand, so it's it means a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> it means a lot of things. More of that, huh? Yeah. Okay. Touch screen. Anything with a touch screen? No, because even, even their new kind of iMac-style all-in-one is called a Surface. What was the big table thing? That was the surface. That was, that was the original surface. <laughs> and then they started running with it and they branded everything surface. Yeah, it was crazy. Yep. And then five Cortana hardware. Hmm. Really? Yeah, I don't know how this this they said, of, said that, that that is too crowded already? I mean Alexa doesn't really do anything for me. It just sits there and it's annoying. You know, people are gonna disagree with you on that. Really? Not necessarily me, but some people are Super all in on, on one of the three big ones. Why? Because they can imagine. turn their lights off and on. I think and they this, can say Alexa disco I, mode I you, and their I lights. You, I'm not going to argue because I'm not going to use people. There are people you can you can get all in on it. You can get very good at them and learn how to use them, and they can do a lot of stuff. Um, I don't want to debate the merits of how useful they are. I'm just saying that you've got Google, Apple, and Amazon that are in that game, and it surprises me honestly that Microsoft would give up on that. Because if, if anyone else, I mean, Microsoft <clears throat> could could make that work, and and to, and to and to know that you've got Apple in a bunch of people's homes or Google or Amazon, and Microsoft's just like, eh, we're not going to play that game. I don't know. That's that's tough. It it's either it's it's a it's such a one percenter problem because not too many not everyone's going to be able to afford that, and B the technology isn't there yet. It's still very much noun verb technology. It it. It has to have known commands, no, known things to execute on. It's just not there yet. Um, yeah, but it'll, it'll, it's all getting better. 
All right. It is, but it's not. It's not better enough. Oh, okay. Top five hits. But they're all the same. During the Nadella era. All right. Number one, Rise of the Cloud. I actually saw the updated numbers the other day on the big clouds. Mm-hmm. Two surprises to me. Number one, that Microsoft or Azure is as big as it is compared to Amazon. It looked just based on eyeballing the chart that Azure is like a third of the size of of uh, AWS, and I thought it was like a tenth at best. Oh no, it's it's huge. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. knew it, I knew it's big. It's a it's. I mean, it's still a, a far second, but I, they're much closer <laughs> than what I thought they were. Well, it, it's got an advantage because a lot of companies that are Microsoft shops, so to speak, it's an easier transition to say, we've got some Azure licenses, we can move our Active Directory there, we can do all this kind of stuff and just move it there. Oh, yeah. And the entry, the barrier to entry is just so much simpler than, than AWS. Because AWS, oh, AWS for a Microsoft shop seems like this outlier. we got to go evaluate it, we got to go do this. But it's Microsoft, you know, just plug it in. There's some of that, yeah. Um, there's some, there's... There are there are probably more companies that implicitly trust Microsoft than than mm-hmm. Amazon. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, the other thing that surprised me about those numbers though was that who do you think number three was? So you have you know AWS at the top, then Azure. Number three is obviously Google. Exactly, but that's not the case. Number three <laughs> is IBM. For what? Their cloud. They have a cloud. Yeah. Is it a Watson cloud? <laughs> I don't know. And then GCP was right under them. So what is IBM IBM doing cloud wise? I haven't been following them. Running I guess. computers. Well, hardware. And OS. <laughs> okay, you have no idea, but you're answering your own question. <laughs> All kinds of they have you know the whole Blue Mix thing? They got a huge cloud program, man. It's huge. Yeah, I guess I haven't been following them. I need to. All right. I mean, probably not. Why? Why would you? Why does anyone care about IBM? So cloud? that when questions like this come up, I won't look like an idiot. Yeah, Okay. Um, number two is three numbers. Three, six, and five. All right, so Office 365, I guess. Get, getting everyone to switch over to subscription stuff. I hate that name, by the way. It's going to be so dated. Because three, 365 is such a buzzword right now. You mean like uh, when we get to um, a leap year? And it's gonna be. It's gonna be. <laughs> no, I mean everyone's concerned with the the customer three hundred and sixty. You know, and three hundred and sixty five kind of plays. No, into that's because that. you're in the Salesforce space. No, it's everywhere. That's different. That's degrees, not number of, of days in a year. They're different things. You, we can fit more than two numbers in our head. It's okay, John. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, normal people tell me when you hear three hundred and sixty five, do you not think three hundred and sixty? No, I think days in the year. If you say three hundred and sixty, I think the number of degrees in a full circle. They're doing, a hundred, know, they're doing a hundred temp. Math, they're, they're taking, they're taking three sixteen going 110%. All right. There you go. Above and beyond. Um, some, co- Oh yeah. That's a, so Brett makes a really good point because I've got customers who had real heartburn when I told them I wanted, I want to um, use AWS for their infrastructure. And it's because Either they compete with Amazon in some way, or their customer. In this case, their their customers actually compete with Amazon, and so I got a lot of flack. No, it's fine. It's, it's still really very relevant, but I've I've gotten flack from from clients who, for somehow or another, they they've got some they got a problem with Amazon, a business a business conflict, a, you know, a mm. conflict of interest of some kind. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, who was it? Um, 
I mean, you know, all these retail, like for example, like Walmart, I mean, they're not going to use AWS. No. <laughs> and tons of these retail, right? I mean, which are yeah. huge operations. Target, for example. Gee, I mean, Target is actually a leader in um, enterprise, like cloud software and, infra- and, and I guess really the software. I mean, they, they're kind of like, um, I mean, they're a huge contributor to like, like the open source of a lot of like Kubernetes type, you know, Docker type stuff. Um, and yeah, they're, I'm sure they're not running on AWS. All right. Um, so that's good. We have options though, you know? Yeah. So we talked about acquisitions, right? Mm-hmm. Did we? Yeah, I guess we did. I mean, we did, but that was earlier. But anyway, I saw number three acquisitions. What do they, what do they list here? Um, LinkedIn, that just open source. GitHub. Yeah. So number four, open source. Oh, number four oh is you open said source. that? You didn't know that? I was. Literally what number, number four is open source. So what they mentioned here, .NET Core, the Windows subsystem for Linux. I'm a little disappointed by Core, but I, I guess only because I, I have this thing where I want everything now. You know, when you think Core, you think, oh, everything's going to be enabled cross-platform. But Is, it, is VS Code open source? Uh, <laughs> it's based on... So VS Code is based on Atom, which is open source. I think, it's, I think VS Code's open source. It might be, I don't know. It might be. And number five, share price, which we already talked about. Anyway, I'll tell you what, for not having much to do with Microsoft, I sure am a Microsoft fan these days. You know, I'm amazed. I mean, ask me 10 years ago, especially when I switched over to a Mac. I mean, I was not a Windows, I was not a Microsoft fan at all. Oh, you never gave up Microsoft. <laughs> no, you, it's, you always, it's, it's you something you, her, you always click. kept her on the side. I, I kept a VM. It was always on the side. Yeah, you couldn't get rid of that last VM. I couldn't. Well, I'm a .NET. I can't quit you. I'm a .NET <laughs> C-sharp programmer, so I, I couldn't quit it. It was my... It's me. You're going to pry your C-sharp <laughs> code from your cold, dead hands. Yeah, I, I can't do Java. I just, I just cannot rationalize Java for, for the life of me. Really? It's so I, I can read it, and I can troubleshoot it, I just but I cannot start from scratch and write a Java project. I just can't. Well, you've never, you've never actually tried in, with any earnest whatsoever. No, because it's too easy to write C-sharp. Yeah, program. well, that's fine. <laughs> no, that's nothing, nothing wrong with that. I mean, <laughs> anyway, well, I don't know. I've got some other stuff. What else you got, John? Uh, I wanted to get into a discussion on IDEs because I had some oh interesting things happen okay. recently. Okay. Uh, it reminds me, I saw a headline today. I think it was on InfoWorld, which, by the way, God, what a sad publication these days. Anyway, you got a problem? No. They had, um, the title was, the top six Java IDEs. My first thought was, well, I know what the top one is. IntelliJ. And no one cares about any of the others, so what's the point of this? What are the others? Um, see, Eclipse. Okay. Yeah. Um, NetBeans. Yeah. Um, does Oracle still maintain a? I guess well, Oracle. It would be NetBeans, but they used to have their own separate ID. But Oracle owns NetBeans now, so I don't know. I don't even know. I couldn't even name any others. I made Visual J because that's the one that turned me off Java. Visual J. Oh, that yeah. was Microsoft, right? Wasn't that IBM? Was no. I, was Visual J IBM? That was Microsoft. Was that Microsoft? Yeah. No, Microsoft was J plus plus. But wouldn't their IDE be called Visual? No, J there was there was a there was a program called oh. Visual J. It was Visual it was, Age. Was it Visual? Age. That was an IBM. Yeah, because IBM, IBM was one of the. Actually, I mean, IBM is the biggest company behind Eclipse. That's what turned me off on Java when I first started Java. It was that Visual Age, Visual J, piece of crap that turned me off on Java. Yeah, you're you're the tool guy. Like, if you like to have these tools that do these things, and I'm I'm more like 
give me a give me VI and a compiler, and if I, if you got a good platform read <laughs> language, I'm, I'm happy. And that's that's why I wanted to have this IDE discussion because it was it's not about you know who's the best Salesforce IDE. It was you know what do you look for in an IDE? What what are you know is text editor and command lines enough? You know that's true. Well, it's it's not enough for me. I mean, I I, I say that somewhat jokingly. I mean, like w- even with Salesforce development, I mean, I I really love that Illuminated Cloud gives me the things IntelliJ and IntelliJ that that IntelliJ's Java program does. You know, their Java plugin or whatever functionality does. I mean, it's it's the same keyboard shortcuts. You know, it's it plugs into the same mo- I guess model or what. I don't I mean. So for you, you're getting the Java experience with Apex. I don't know the Java experience. I'm just getting. I'm getting. A, I'm getting a, you know, an IDE experience. Whether it's Java, C sharp, whatever. Like a good, you know, when you've worked in a good IDE with it, especially with a static language. Yeah, you get the um, autocomplete. You get the refactoring tools. You yeah, get the, navi- navigating around stuff, navigating by symbols, by you know, just whatever. Um, stepping forward, stepping back, all that kind of stuff. And, and I'll tell you, like with what I've been doing in the past few months, basically working on existing, you know, brownfield code bases. I mean, and just learning. Like you start with a giant code base, uh-huh. and you're like, "Oh my god, where do I even start?" You know, and having those kind of tools to just navigate through stuff, even is even just huge. a formatter, just to just to kind of even if you don't commit the format, if you just reformat to your preferred style. Well, that's true. You can you can at least have a chance at reading it. The, the stuff I'm reading, you would think that people didn't know that line breaks were an option. It's like, who in the hell is okay with scrolling horizontally, like ten screens wide, like? It's are called the return a, button. Are you an if and for bracket person, or do you do you exclude the brackets? No, no, you should never exclude brackets. I've run into so much code where they've excluded the brackets, and it's well. Show them that. Show annoying. them that most recent. Um, what was the was it the SSL bug? Uh, what was the SSL bug? Uh, I can't remember the name of it. It wasn't Heartbleed. It was I think it was before that. Mm. But that was a. Um, was like an, an if statement yeah. that didn't have a bracket. And so when they originally wrote it, it was if something, and then there was one line under it. And mm-hmm. then later they came in, probably months, years later, to add some functionality, and they start adding lines under that, that last line. <laughs> well, those are always going to get executed. Right. And so it's just, it's, you're setting yourself up for future bugs. It's just, a, it's, a, it's a programming hygiene thing. This is, this is the kind of stuff I try to... That I try to like, literally, I can try to teach clients about when I because I see the stuff all the time and you know, try to explain like why this is you know you may not have you may not be on fire right now but you've got you've someone has left you stacks of of kindling mm-hmm. all throughout your code base that are pre soaked with lighter fluid and just waiting for a spark to come along that's the situation you're in yeah where do y'all put your brackets I put my brackets lines, on the same line lines, because I'm not an animal I I, the opening bracket is on the on the same line because I'm not an animal. <laughs> Agreed. Thankfully, <laughs> I don't want to have that argument. And I don't even want to get in tabs versus spaces because spaces. I've, I've had a yeah. Yep. Some people like tabs. I can't explain that. But. Well, okay. I'll tell you a story. Once upon a time, I was a tab fan, and that was because I could change what a tab meant. I could say it was two characters or four characters or whatever characters I wanted. But that would allow me to kind of reduce the amount of tab space so I could get more on my screen. But over time, I realized spaces are, are just superior. Yeah, and it's not that it's not that tabs don't have any advantages because they but do. That, that's, that's one of that's, that's the advantage of, of tabs. Yeah, is you can hey you you can set your tab with however you want. It looks fine. Well, yeah. except that that breaks down 
like let's say on you, know, you have a you have a, a second line and you want to like have something come in a fixed width to line up like mm-hmm. with um something above it like that's when that it just breaks all that so tab space is just when and i don't know after you work enough across enough platforms different languages and everything as you realize that spaces cause the the fewest amount of problems yeah they're not perfect and they don't offer s- some of the features of tabs but <clears throat> they will they will cause you the fewest amount of problems in your life it, especially when you're dealing with I guess compilers that try to pre- try to normalize that stuff and it doesn't do so good of a job. Um, so I used to have a lot of issues with Salesforce and tabs and the way it would, I would send it and it would come back and it would come back really weird. I think because it converted things to spaces. I still have problems with that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've got, I've got all my local code and I've deployed it to Salesforce and yeah. get one way and that's fine. But then I go to pull down all my metadata and stuff's different. Yeah. Salesforce has changed my line endings or yeah. or where spaces are. It's 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 stripped spaces. And now I'm I'm sure they think they have good reasons for doing that. Like maybe Salesforce, I'm just making this up. I'm not actually sure. Maybe they trim trailing spaces. Oh, they probably which is the smart thing to do because you shouldn't compiler, right? You shouldn't so check let me finish my sentence. No. You shouldn't check code in with trail with trailing spaces. Right? It's not good. I get that. And I'm sure someone smart at Salesforce thought we should trim those spaces for them. That'd be a nice thing to do because no one likes trailing spaces. Agreed, except for there's something worse than that, which is when I pull my code back down and I do a git status or a git diff and I see that the only thing that changed is sales, is all this stuff has changed. Now, granted, yeah. maybe maybe overall Salesforce's for, you know, opinion on formatting is better than mine, but what's worse than that is when you've changed all my files. Yeah, and that, now there's no true diff. There's not. I mean, you can do a you can do a diff dash w or dash b that ignores white space yeah. in different subtly different ways. But yeah, which I have to do all the time, all the time. Anyway, all right. Well, anyway, uh, so so there, there's more to that topic than just you know what do you prefer and what do you like. Uh, uh, so now, re- recently, I don't even know what you're talking. You you said IDEs. Are you just talking yeah. about IDEs in general, or Salesforce IDEs, or Salesforce pl- or plugins to IDEs that enable Salesforce functionality? What are we talking about here? Well, it's 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 an overarching topic. It's all of them. Well, what? Okay, what is the topic? What is the question? <laughs> so I have a list of questions. Uh, okay. One of them we've already talked about, which is what do you look for in IDE? Um, the other one is um, well, so do you answer that? What do you look for? Yeah, what do you look for in IDE? I don't think we answered that, do we? Oh, I mean, the problem is IDs do so much. I can't. I cannot boil that down. Well, into, uh, I mean, in versus a text editor, because I mean, essentially, all you really need to program is a text editor and a compiler, and there you go, you're done. So, I mean, IDs just have there's more functionality, and there's and they, um, you know, they know more about what you're doing than a text editor. A text editor doesn't really know what you're doing, right? Right. It may know how to format things based on a certain language, maybe able to detect a language, but it doesn't try to interpret the language and find references between files and and, and, right. and, and so, I'm sure so the lines are starting to get blurred between what a text editor is and what an IDE is. VS Code is probably a good example of that. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, is it an IDE? Kind of. Is it a text editor? Nah, it's just a text editor. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, it's starting to... Kind of straddles like, it. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's, it's basic needs versus, you know, luxury. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, you have a text editor, you, which you is your basic a, needs. A, a and, Hyundai or a BMW. Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> I'm driving Jack. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, the problem is the the maintenance on those uh, luxury cars will kill you though. Mm. And just like you know, ID sometimes uh, the maintenance on those the amount of memory they take. Well, you know, that, the, that's that's another perspective. Getting that, getting your plugins configured right, all that kind of crap. That's not, that's another perspective. Is is that you know, Eclipse was popular with Salesforce because well, it was the only IDE at the time and it was free. And Visual Studio Code is the or 
Yeah. VS Code? Yeah. Mm-hmm. VS Code is the new free, <laughs> the new supported plugin from Salesforce, and it's free. But then you've got tools like Illumini Cloud and what is it? Welcome Suite. I think that's yeah. that's another one yeah. um, that used to be Brain Engine, then became Welcome Street. I don't know if that's the case. I think. Yeah, maybe so. Something like that. Or there, there's might, those might be two different things. But yeah, you, know, you have all these other IDEs, but they're, they have a cost associated, but they also have certain features. They have a that, what? A cost associated to them. Okay. Um, and so how do you justify that? You know, how do you justify the free versus the, oh, it's very say, easy. limited clouds very of easy. the day? Like, what, I don't know, whatever limited cloud costs, it's, it pays for itself in, in one day for me. So yeah. it's not, it's justifying is not even, it's a joke to even, to even think that you would need to justify that to me. So how do you feel about people who use the dev console for development, primary development? Oh, I, I judge them. I think they're terrible people, and they should. <laughs> they should. The yeah, it's the one that's in the browser. What do you want me to say? I don't know. That's their choice. I don't. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're on vacation. You have to log in from like the hotel's like shared computer and fix some bug or something. That's when you use Dev Console. <laughs> <laughs> so, what if I told you that that I I recently was part of a uh, roundtable for architects, which is. By the oh, way, so fancy, John. That, that's You're, pretty awesome. That I'm at a company where we have enough architects that we can do a roundtable. That's pretty awesome. Was it? In, was it literally in an ivory tower? Well, that would have been so awesome. That would have been awesome. <laughs> but it is pretty awesome that I have enough people around me that we can form a roundtable and we can talk shop. Circle so, jerk. So I'm just bragging here. I'm just a little bragging here about the little okay. mutual masturbation session that we had. Oh, but, wow. Okay. <laughs> since you took it there. Yeah. But uh, it was surprising because we were our, the topic of the conversation was IDEs, and we were talking about you know what people use, and surprisingly, the highest percentage of what people use is the Dev Console, and that's just because it's it's there, it's accessible. Well, let's define it has this. first feature okay. support of everything because that's what Salesforce is supporting. Oh, so, I don't agree. with No, that. no, no. When Lightning came out, I mean, the first tutorials were on on the Dev Console. When you see a Salesforce person doing a demo, what are they using? Dev Console. 90% of the time. Really? Yes. Because I see them using a lot of VS Code, and I've seen them use Illuminate. VS Code too. now, but back in the day when Lightning first came out, every demo, everything that you saw yeah. was Dev okay. Console. Um, so, and I think we have to define, like, and because and, if, if you were to survey, I mean, like, what, oh, what ID do you use? Well, I mean, the truth is, I use, for Salesforce, I use IntelliJ, and I use the Dev Console. Yeah. I use the Dev Console for things, all the, I don't, there's not a day that goes by that I don't open the Dev Console and do something in it. Either... What do I do in it? I mean, I don't know. Well, you might execute anonymous. You know what I forgot about for the longest time? But see, I use, so I'll use IntelliJ for execute anonymous a lot. But yeah, but do you, do you create a project for production? Ex- exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes, I do. I always do. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I just, I'll, at least, I'll at least create a, create a connection so I can do things like, so I can do some Sockle, some execute anonymous, all that kind of thing. Or, or even, the, you know, um, IntelliJ can, or an Illuminate Cloud can monitor your logs real time. No, that's true, but it's rare that I have to execute something in production. So, and on okay. the on the event that I have to, I just open the Dev Console and run yeah. it. Yeah, and I and I do that for that too. Um, you know, one thing I forgot about, kind of, um, that I was like, why am I not using this? I realized it the other day. I just had gone away from it. But I was using either um, Illuminate Cloud or the Dev Console just to do like sick, uh, quick SQL queries to like you know I'm troubleshooting something or just whatever. <laughs> and the thing is, I mean, of course, it's a Dev Console, so it's Although, like you said, it may have coverage of a lot of these features. Like, it's not good coverage of them. Like, I mean, their SQL thing, I mean, you, it doesn't help you with field names. It doesn't show you the fields, anything. You have, you have to write in a perfect thing, yeah. right? Whereas <clears throat> on the Mac, you have that SQL X. Is that what it's called? That's uh, uh, oh, what's, what? that's a SQL Explorer, I think. 
Saco Explorer. I call yeah. it Saco X because that's what the little logo looks like. Um, that's a um, Simon. What's his name? Um, the Simon Simon Feld. Yes. Yeah. And he still maintains that. Does he still work at Salesforce? I just never see him anymore. I think he does. I think. Yeah. Anyway, um, it, it, now that's the Mac. That's the Mac. It's a Mac only thing, but it's you know it makes it so easy to do queries. You can just like double click on an object, and it like it forms the call query for it. Since Salesforce doesn't have select star, yeah, you know, um, and it, and and it, you can edit inline and save immediately. You can delete records. It's really nice. And I was like, why did I like I feel like I haven't opened that in six months. I'm like, why did how, why did I forget about this? I literally just stopped using it for no good reason. And I've been using like the Dev Console, which sucks. I, you, know, you said it. <laughs> John, there are people. Every, that, there are people that work very hard on the Dev Console. Yeah, but every query. So, so here's my problem with the Dev Console, especially when you're a partner consultant and everyone's sharing a damn account. Oh, it's a, and you have yeah. admins who are doing queries in there, yeah. and they leave all the tabs. So you have a Dev Console with like uh, you are lo- you are sharing tabs. logins, sir. That's against the rules. I'm going to notify the Salesforce authorities that you've been sharing logins. It happens. They share yep. logins. What are you yep. talking about? Salesforce PS. Yep. You know what's good about having a third person? What's that? They can jump on when you need a bio break. No, because we're gonna we're gonna end the show. All right. All right. Um, yeah. So we're, Did you we're, say foo? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that I don't want Jeremy. I just I, I've been wanting to wrap up for like fifteen minutes. So all right, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it. Um, well, thanks for our our silent special guest Mr. <laughs> Mr. JC I don't know if, was, don't know if he wants his name mentioned or not we'll just leave it at JC you can figure out whether that's G- the, oh, the second coming of uh, Jesus Christ or whatever I already put it in Slack um, you already put it in Slack I put his name oh that's fine okay he's been on the show before he has no he hasn't I've tried to get him on before but he no never, we've had never, him as a third person on no, the show before not. he's never been on I've tried but he's never done it mm. anyway all right we talked about Slack seriously join the Slack it's it's a great community and and uh you know, it's a network effect, I guess. And the more, the more, the merrier. Yeah. Um, what else, John? Share us on the socials. Uh, if you, <laughs> what John just said was share us <laughs> on the socials, which is admittedly hard to say. So it is. Yeah. Repetitively. Um, yeah. Subscribe. Subscribe in your podcast catcher of choice, whether that's the uh, Pocket Cast, or whether that's Overcast, or whether it's Spotify, or the Apple. What's the Apple's called? Podcasts. Yep. generic yeah uh, leave us a review we like reviews they help people find us supposedly I don't know that's what podcast people say or just write some kind words somewhere on LinkedIn for us and share it that's true oh that's actually spread yeah. the word of mouth yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need more LinkedIn posts <laughs> I, I'm just now, I, mean, I'm, <laughs> I mean just in general I mean I think you can only write one review on iTunes I don't think you can rewrite a review can I've you I've never tried I don't know. I think people have told us they couldn't. But I think people should go try right now if they've, they've only okay. written one review. <laughs> so if you've only written one review, rewrite. If not, then yeah. uh, write a nice review on some other platform. Yeah. I've got a girl named Taryn. Taryn will write a good review? Okay, Taryn, please write us a good review. We need it. We're very lonely. All right, and what else? Um, with any luck, we'll be here next week. So <laughs> same, probably, probably different bat time, different bat channel. But yep. we'll see. I don't know. It's a it's a week to week thing. And that's all I got, John. Oh, and to that I say good day, sir. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. <laughs>